powered by Sports Interaction, Canada's Sportsbook. Want to bet? Then get in on the action at Sports Interaction. The boys of summer are back on the diamond, and March Madness is on deck. Bet pre-game, live in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Head to sportsinteraction.com sdpn. Or in Ontario, download the app now using the QR code at the bottom of the screen. 19 plus, please play responsibly. The Seattle Kraken have been sensed. Welcome back to Game Over Ottawa, everybody, for a late night edition, a solo show here. I'm your host, Maud, as always. Uh, pretty happy tonight after uh, after that result. It was it was getting a little bit scary halfway through the game there in the third period. I was I was on the edge of my seat the whole time, but uh, especially considering how the last game against Chicago went, I have very few complaints tonight. So. Uh, and I'm I'm sure most most fans will will agree tonight that you you can't complain too much when when you come out on the road against a top team in the league like that and and come away with a win, especially in dramatic fashion, a pretty uh, last second goal, just uh, pretty good stuff to recap here tonight. I'm excited to get into it, and uh, I'm gonna kind of run through things sort of in chronological order from the beginning of the game, but I encourage anyone in chat tonight to uh, leave me your thoughts on anything at all. I'll be uh, paying close attention to chat if, if you guys have anything to, to chime in with, because I think there's a lot to discuss here with tonight's game. Um, gonna shout out the Mr. New Guy in the chat, uh, saying, glad they didn't get frustrated and grab the W tonight. Stressful game, they'll have to be better against Vancouver. That is key as well, is that... Even though we do come away with the win tonight, I, we will have to be better for the rest of the road trip. Like Vancouver is probably the, or definitely the softest of the next three opponents, but um, we'll have to tighten it up defensively because we know they can still score goals and they've got uh, Thatcher Demko back in that now who can steal some games. So that'll probably be a pretty interesting matchup on Saturday. Um, it's too bad that Demko comes back just in time for the Sens to face him and they don't have... Uh, their AHL guys out there in net anymore. Um, a few other comments from chat. Uh, Graham Schofield, Sogard looked panicky. The flukes got to him. I kind of agree, although I wasn't too disappointed with his game overall tonight. Um, I think maybe the fourth goal could have had, but it was a very nice shot by Dunn. And then other than that, like every other goal was just a super lucky bounce. So I'm not, I'm not too concerned with Sogard's play tonight. I just hope that he knows that these like high goal totals against him are not his fault really, because he was just hung out to dry in the last game. I did have a little bit of criticism on two of the goals that he let in against Chicago, but the rest of them was, were just like breakaways and two on ones and stuff. So I don't know. I'm I'm pretty happy with Sogard overall lately. His stats have been coming down a little bit since a hot start, but he he's the guy. I mean, we'll see Mandelizi get into some games here too with Talbot out. Uh, but Sogard, I think, has been pretty good overall. It's it's about all you can ask for from a rookie goalie who they weren't expecting to be playing nearly this many games so far this year. Um, I think I I hope the flukes didn't get to him too much tonight. Like I think he was relatively solid after those first three fluky goals and the done goal. I'll, I'll excuse it as as a good shot. So hopefully uh, Sogard is feeling good about his performance. I think and um, 
It'll be interesting to see who they start against Vancouver, because you got Vancouver and Calgary for the back-to-back. I don't think I have too much of a strong opinion on who I would want to see start against each opponent. I feel like um, maybe Sogard against Vancouver, because I think they're a bit more of a high-powered offense team compared to Calgary, but, uh, but Sogard did have a very good performance against Calgary earlier in the season when we had that crazy comeback and he was just completely holding us in the game at that point uh, up until we we made that comeback so I don't know I'm pretty happy with Sogard overall um Graham also saying Giroud just put the team on his back he wanted to win decided he wanted the win totally agree with that gonna get into that a little bit later Giroud was just absolutely awesome tonight in that third period absolutely loving the season he's having just I'm I'm still so surprised at his point totals really like when we signed him, I was like, oh, that's a good second line winger addition. Like he'll get like 50 to 60 points. And I think he might already have like over 60 points now. I should check real quick. Got uh, got the box score open here. Yeah, 27 goals. Yeah, 60, 65 points now with the two added tonight. And that uh, about point per game pace. Giroud has just been amazing. It feels like almost a waste of a really good season from uh from a 35 year old player who uh like if we if we don't make the playoffs but if we do make the playoffs he's definitely crucial in that he's able to just put his uh put the team on his back in key moments uh like you said there Graham and uh Cornelius saying blown a three nothing lead kind of sucks but they clutched it out yeah I I think I tweeted when we were up I'm not sure if it was when we were up three zero or three one but I tweeted it at something like I actually feel more nervous when the Sens have a big lead early in the game than I do if it's just kind of like a close tie game all the way throughout. Just because I I hate when they blow leads and it feels it feels like you can see it coming a lot of the time. When when you have a, a three goal lead so early in the game, like ten minutes in, I think it was, it's just so much time for the other team to be able to come back. And I think it can cause teams to kind of get a little complacent when they get such an early lead like that. So I, I kind of expected it here tonight, and I did say that I'm more nervous when we have a big lead because I'm scared we're going to blow it, but, and I was, and I was right about that fear, but also when this game was in the third period, uh, tied 4-4, I was, I was on the edge of my seat, like I said earlier, just absolutely, like, it was a nail-biter, really. It was a really close game between these two teams, which was nice to see because uh, the previous game, Seattle versus Ottawa, in Ottawa... Uh, Seattle just kind of ran away with that one at the end of the second period, I believe it was. And then into the third period, they scored like four more goals. So just a crazy amount of goals between these two teams uh, in both matchups this year. It's funny, they don't play each other often, but you end up with an 8-4 result for Seattle and a 5-4 result for Ottawa. So eight goals scored by Ottawa and then, or no, nine goals scored by Ottawa and then uh, 12 by Seattle over two games, which is just off the charts. This These teams... Uh, I guess they, they just match up in a way that results in a crap ton of goals going in. I mean, you get that in a lot of Sens games, and I guess in Seattle games too, they have uh, both their goalies with kind of kind of lower save percentages, even though they have pretty good GAAs. So I guess sometimes they just have these games where uh, where it's a little rough on defense, but man, can they score. Just threatening on offense at all times, even though I'm pretty sure everyone agrees that a lot of the Seattle goals were pretty lucky today. But still, super entertaining game, I think. Uh, from a send standpoint, it's very up and down, but from like a neutral standpoint, 
I think it was a very even game overall, and like if a neutral fan was watching this game, I think they'd be super entertained. And I'm I was thoroughly entertained throughout, and very happy with the result. Obviously, so like if if we ended up losing in in regulation, it would have been I, I probably would have came on here with a totally different tone, uh, but it wouldn't change necessarily my analysis analysis of the game. Sorry, but. Uh, just kind of the overall tone, you know, so I still have that upbeat positivity of like, well, we're we're still in it uh, a little bit, uh, although we had um, not the best out-of-town scoreboard tonight, but yeah, and then Graham and Cornelius in the chat also talking about Chicago, how they were supposed to be the softest of this road trip, and that loss may come back to haunt them. I'm definitely gonna, I'm gonna have that in the back of my mind for this whole playoff race, is that, that specifically that Chicago loss and also the previous Chicago loss, uh, where we only got one point in OT, blowing the lead in that one. Um, that is still, it still stings. I, I'm still mad about that game, and I'm just trying to wipe that game from my memory. I, uh, especially since the playoff race is so tight, I feel like those three points dropped to Chicago are going to be end up, going to end up being crucial. Like there's just no way that it doesn't turn out like that, right? But um, at least I would have said coming into this road trip that I did not expect to beat Seattle, so depending how they play out the last three games of this trip, it, we could still end up with a good result overall. I think 4-1 and one would be amazing at this point, especially considering how disappointing the first game was, but the fact that you beat a top team in Seattle and kind of not stole a win, but like escaped Seattle with a good solid win against a good team, like I feel like it kind of makes up for the Chicago loss, but only if like I said, if we finish the road trip off strong, because like I said, yeah, four and one would be great from this point on. I think three and two would be pretty good for overall over the five games. I'm hoping against Vancouver, Calgary, and Edmonton, I'm hoping that we can at least go like two oh and one. I think at that point, then you've only dropped three points out of the possible 10, which is pretty good. Um, but we'll see that that might be getting ahead of ourselves a little bit here. Um, some more comments about Sogard saying, uh, oh, I, I lost it in the chat here, scrolling, lots of chat comments actually tonight, I was not expecting the chat to be so active uh, for these late games, but it's awesome, glad to see all you guys here tonight, yeah, Jared saying Sogard played very well in the first, bounced back, great in the third, yeah, it was just really that middle chunk of the game that was really shaky, and uh, the, Mr. The New Guy got faith in Sogard, I think overall I would say I have faith with him, like, it's hard to say with a rookie goalie where you just kind of expect up, ups and downs and you can't expect him to be perfect, but overall, I'm I'm very happy with him. And yeah, Graham, not necessarily blaming the goals on him, but the back half of the game, he was moving a lot, taking big swings and getting out of position. Those are fair points. I do I do have to say I'm no expert on, uh, on goalie like positioning and movement, so you may have seen some things that I may not have uh, necessarily picked up on, so fair points as well there. Uh, Cornelius saying Mando for Vancouver and Sogard for the Flames. Calgary will be desperate and have more to play for than Vancouver. I think that's a very good point as well that I wasn't really thinking. I think that makes, I think that line of logic makes sense too. And Mandalizi has, hasn't played in a while. I don't know how many games he played in Belleville after being sent down, but he hasn't played at the NHL level in a couple weeks now. I think since that Boston game, was it? So that's at least two weeks ago now. I think you'd probably want to get him in on the first half of a back-to-back -back as well. 
he had to play the second half last time that Boston game uh, was the second half of a back-to-back, so I think maybe they'll be a little uh, a little nicer to him given the first one this time. And uh, Jared also saying, if you look at the game flow chart, it shows the Sens controlled 75% of the game. That's a that's a very good point too. Um, I have natural stat trick here open, uh, looking at the Corsi stats as well. We did end up with the the final edge, 52.81% for for the Corsi. So happy with that. Although the Kraken did actually have uh, more high danger chances than the Sens, which is interesting because I felt like all their goals were lucky, and I felt like our goals were like better plays other than the Debrinka winning goal obviously that was lucky as hell uh but if the defenseman didn't knock it in then Pinto was definitely going to score that so yeah I mean it was kind of I, th- I think it was just a really back and forth game but we had stretches where each team was way better like the obviously the beginning of the game was all sends Kraken brought it back a bit and then I think it really settled down in the third period to be pretty even um living in the mist what was your opinion of how Patrick Brown played uh, with Joseph and Gambrell. Um, I find it a little hard to come up with an opinion on Patrick Brown just after one game. I mean, super happy that he scored. Uh, huge credit to him on that. It was a great play by Joseph along the boards to intercept that clearing attempt, cause the turnover, and set up uh, Brown for that shot. It was a little bit leaky by Grubauer, but hey, we'll take it, especially considering the ones that went in on Sogard today with those lucky bounces. Um, so we'll take that one from Grubauer. Um, I, I I like Patrick Brown's, like, what he's supposed to be. Like, I, we've just seen in one game so far, but he's supposed to be throwing a lot of hits, making defensive plays. I think I think he's a good face-off guy. You guys can correct me on that if I'm wrong. I don't know the stats off the top of my head. But I noticed that he was on the wing. They had Gambrell at center. Uh, I didn't notice who was taking the draws. That's something that I just totally uh, blanked on paying attention to today. But... In, in theory, I like what Patrick Brown can add to this bottom six. It's not necessarily... Like, most people want to see more scoring added to the bottom six, so it's not necessarily going to accomplish that, I don't think. Uh, but great on him to get the goal tonight. I think it, he's he's kind of more of the same in the bottom six, but I'm thinking maybe a little better than, like, Watson and Kelly. So, like, I, I, I'm, I'm happy with him. I think you can't complain at all about this first game, and it'll be interesting to see how he goes for the rest of the road trip and if he stays in the lineup for all the games too because uh, they took out Gauthier to put him in and a lot of people wanted to see Gauthier remain in the lineup as well. Um, I was I was kind of thinking on about talking about that a little bit before the game, but uh, that ended up, we got way too much to talk about now. So Gauthier is uh, kind of in the back of my mind at this point, but it'll be interesting to see if uh, Patrick Brown uh, stays in the lineup consistently because I think it's kind of... Um, just a bunch of guys in the bottom six that are kind of interchangeable, uh, but that goal today will definitely help his case for for staying in the lineup. Um, Jared saying, feels maybe uh, Giroux's leadership uh, with the production backing up is so great for the young guns, especially when the team is basically set in stone for three years. Yeah, you can't say enough about Giroux's leadership and then backing it up with his on-ice play and just continuing to be an elite scorer, just like... <laughs> basically on his way to probably a Hall of Fame career. He's uh, he's probably going to hit a thousand points by the end of the season, which is just amazing. Like when we signed him, I remember looking at it and thinking, oh, he'll probably get that at the start of next year. But no, he's he's I think he's going to get it this year. And that would be an awesome moment uh, if he could do that on home ice and, and feel the love from the fans there. 
And Graham also pointing out that it's Giroud's second best season in his career, which is just just outlandish. Like I, I already said, but totally didn't expect that from him this year. He's just just absolutely on fire. You can tell that he wants to win. Like he, I'm sure he was expecting the team to get off to a much better start this season. So he he has that fire in him that he really wants to lead the team back into the playoff fight. And he's doing a great job so far. Him and Kachuk, just awesome leadership as far as we can tell. Um, just going to catch up a little more in the chat here. Yeah, Chad, Sens give up four straight goals and win. We'll take it. They they don't always, uh, they don't ask how, they ask how many, you know. So we outscored them five to four, even though it was uh, it was four in a row, a little rough in the middle there. But, you know, I, I can't complain too much. Uh, <laughs> and just back on Patrick Brown, Graham pointing out that he fills the contractually obligated Brown spot on the Senators after Connor Brown left. And yeah, what Josh Brown, Connor Brown, Logan Brown, and Patrick Brown now all in the last three years. I guess uh, <laughs> Dorian just has to have a Brown on the roster. He went half a season without it, and he's like, nah, gotta get gotta get one back in there. Um, and living in the missing, he thinks that he's pretty similar to Gambrell, just uh, more size versus speed. I could see that being the case as well. Like, pretty similar games overall, I think. But like you said, I think I expect Brown to be a little bit more physical than Gambrell. And yeah, Jared Drew needs 12 points in 18 games to hit 1,000. He's definitely going to do it. Like, there's there's no chance at this point that he doesn't get that. That's just, like, the way that he's playing is going gonna, is gonna to come quick. It's probably going to happen uh, before the end of the month, I would say. And that, that'll be an awesome moment uh, when we get to that. Um, two, two other standout players that I want to talk about tonight. Shane Pinto and Jacob Chikrid. Now, starting with Pinto, the reason I mentioned both of them at once is that thank God that we didn't have to trade Pinto to get Chikrin, because you can see when Pinto, he's a little inconsistent, but when he's on his game like he was tonight, he's just an absolute beast. I was very happy with his play tonight, getting that goal right at the beginning of the game, and that drive to the net almost got the goal for the game winner, but Dubrinka gets credit. I thought that uh, Pinto was just all around, all around the net, making strong plays today, and just... I still just can't believe that we got Chikrin for just draft picks. Like, oh my god, it's it's just ridiculous. Because all year I was expecting that if we finally make a trade for a solid top 4D, like it's probably going to be Pinto or Greg out the door. And just being able to see Pinto and Chikrin both in the lineup tonight, both being awesome and both scoring goals, is just so happy about that. And Chikrin, totally awesome. How 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 much more can Sens fans love a player than Jacob Chikrin? Just like right off the bat, like this guy loves being in Ottawa. The fans gave him such a great reception right away, and he's already scoring goals, getting assists, just putting up points right away, which is awesome. Like everyone talks about, we needed uh, like the defensive improvement on the back end, but. Other than Shabbat, like we're we were a little bit lacking in terms of offense from the back end too. So I love how much Chikrin jumps up in the rush and is able to contribute from the back end. Cause we were kind of all expecting more from Branstrom on offense, although I can't really blame him always being out there with our bottom six. That makes it tough. And then Sanderson gets the points every every now and then, but not like super consistent. So I, I really like that Chikrin. Is a pure two-way guy and not just a pure defensive guy. Uh, I think that that adds a really nice dynamic element to our to our back end. Um, 
just awesome stuff from him again tonight. He that play in the first period too. He I th I think it might have been him turning it over at the blue line. I think his shot was blocked, and then it was two on one going back the other way. But he knocked down the pa the saucer pass on the two on one. Just knocked it out of midair and cleared it right away. Just he he's got that two way game. He's got that dog in him. I just I love Jacob Chikrin, and uh, I think the whole fan base loves him and seems like he loves being here. So I just couldn't be more excited. I haven't been this. It's like excited about a player. I mean, I guess we did bring in Giroux and Dabrinka, so I can't say like, oh, it's been so long since I've been excited about a player, but like a mid-season acquisition, uh, just off the charts uh, excitement for this guy. It's 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 so good. And uh, Bosti in the chat saying, it was Eric Carlson-esque making a mistake and then fixing it. Totally agree. And got to shout out Eric Carlson tonight. I think, I think it was tonight that he broke his... Uh, his career high in points, which is just amazing. Similar similar to Giroux, who's having the second best season of his career uh, at kind of an old age for hockey player standards. Carlson has managed to wind back the clock as well. So kind of off topic, but definitely got a shout out. Uh, one of the best sends of all time there for his amazing season. And yeah, um, another thing that I found very interesting tonight was how much the sends dominated in the face-off circle. Um, just awesome stuff. After the first period, I had written down that it was 77% uh, face-offs for the Sens, and that's just that's just absolutely dominant. And Giroud was a huge part of that. I've talked about a lot about Giroud tonight, and he... Uh, I, I can't remember the numbers now, but they kept showing on the broadcast pretty much, like, after the, the first period, every time Giroud was at the face-off, they just compared his face-off stats on the night to whoever he was against, and he was just absolutely destroying everyone. So... And, and I don't think the Sens were particularly good at face-offs before this season, so... But when we signed Giroux, they were saying he is particularly good at them. And I feel like it's rubbed off on everyone now, too. Like, it wasn't just Giroux tonight, it was just the whole team dominating the face-offs. 64% uh, it ended up being uh, for the whole game, so... Very happy with that, and it it was kind of funny to me that we dominated the faceoff circle so much in the in the first period, and then right at the beginning of the second period, after all those icings, we win the draw, turn it over right away, and then concede. Because I was I was kind of thinking of this narrative of oh, winning all these faceoffs is helping the puck protection, and we dominated the first period. This is sick, and then we keep winning the faceoffs, and then it goes to shit all of a sudden, like right after we won a faceoff too, just turned it over. I thought I thought that was a little bit funny tonight, but still uh, very happy with with those faceoffs. It's it can it can change the course of a game if you're losing all the faceoffs like Seattle was tonight. They were able to manage, but if that happens to a team consistently, like it's super difficult to to keep puck possession and and uh, keep the puck out of your net when when you're always uh, chasing the game off of the faceoff. So I love seeing that the Sens are are succeeding with the faceoffs lately. And uh, Hamza in the chat, the Sens have 21 more points with the same amount of games played as last year. That is just great. Like, as much as we come on here and complain after certain games, like, I, I can't complain overall in the season at this point. I'm like, I'll, I'll be getting pretty sad if we kind of bomb out of the playoff race quickly. But as long as we stay in it, like right until April, I'm I'm very happy with the team at this point. Obviously, I got on here uh, all pissed after the Chicago game, but at least tonight the team has shown me that they're able to bounce back from a bad performance. Like, those first 10 minutes of the game were just 
absolutely peak sense hockey, just fast, physical, and being able to put the puck in the net, and just awesome stuff. Like, they they obviously slowed down after the fast start, but I love that they were able to have that bounce back and show us right away that, okay, they're still in this, and they're not just going to have another lackadaisical effort. Um, and they still had pushback in the end of the third. Like, a lot of that, thanks to Giroud, with that awesome goal and awesome forecheck, uh, on the game-winning goal as well to get the assist. Um, but yeah, the Sens were resilient tonight, and uh, they've been resilient all season, really, despite being inconsistent. And I think overall in the season, you just got to be pretty much happy with where we are. Like, if you told me we'd be 9th or 10th, and that's where we would finish at the end of the year, I'd say that's pretty damn good. So I'm hoping we can stay at least within two to four points, you know, of that last wildcard spot. Uh, throughout most of the rest of the season, if not moving up into it, just to just to keep things really interesting. But overall, uh, it's, uh, I, I love that uh, you pointed out 21 more points with the same amount of games played as last year. That's just that's colossal improvement, really. And with the uh, with the roster players that Dorian has added, it makes it makes perfect sense that we should be seeing this improvement. And yeah, it's not always going to be smooth for for such a young team, but good good stuff overall in the season. So. Hopefully, we can keep the good vibes ro rolling uh, for the rest of this road trip into Vancouver, Calgary, and Edmonton. I would say, this is a bit of a turn, but I would say the one more thing that I want to talk about tonight's game is that I feel like the power play could use a little bit of a shakeup because 0 for 4 tonight, The first I thought the first power play was good, which is funny because we allowed a shorthanded goal on that, but I thought it was very good in generating some chances. I think it was Debrinkit hit the side of the net on a one-time chance, a really good pass from Stutzla, uh, kind of just before that turnover. And it ended up being a shorthanded goal, but the power play was good before that. But then the rest of the power plays tonight, they really weren't doing jack shit. And 0 for 4 overall, a stretch of 0 for 13, they said, after uh, the second period on the TSM broadcast, they pointed that out. And also, yeah, after the third power play as well, uh, I believe it was Seattle's 3-3 uh, tying goal. It was like right after the power play ended. The power play that was just completely dead, didn't generate anything, and then it gave uh, Seattle some some momentum. The guy comes out of the box, and then they, they get a chance going the other way. So I don't know what it is with the power play lately, but it's so weird to me that we can have such a high ranking in the league for the power play but yet it feels so inconsistent it's just i've said this many times but it's just they score like three power play goals in one game and then they'll score none for like the next three games or it's like it also kind of feels like sometimes within a game we will either only score power play or we'll only score five on five like it was such a problem this is kind of a good thing though because it was such a problem for most of the season that we weren't scoring five on five i'll have to check Oh, it's going to take too long to bring up these stats in the middle of the show, but uh, for the next show, I'll definitely have to find the 5-on-5 goal total stats to see where we've moved up from. Because I remember at least a month ago, maybe it was two months ago, we were second last in the whole league for 5-on-5 goals uh, behind only Chicago, who upped their 5-on-5 goal total last game uh, against us, for fuck's sakes. But... Um, we must be climbing the rankings on 5-on-5 five five goals, which is kind of funny as our power play is slipping. I mean, you can only score so many goals. It's not like you're going to be scoring three 5-on-5 five five and three power play every game. But um, five, 
five goals at five on five tonight is awesome. Uh, even though the power play is slipping a little bit, it's kind of like I said, it's kind of funny that it's swinging back the other way for for five on five. So at least we have that. It's, at least it's not the power play dries up and then we have absolutely nothing going on on offense. But uh, in terms of the power play, like for the first unit, I'm thinking we need Giroux back on there because I've been talking a lot about Giroux tonight and it's just undeniable how good of a season he's having. I think Batherson has been very cold lately. Dubrinkit a little bit cold too, although very happy that he got that uh, that winning goal here tonight. Some Very glad as well that some luck went his way because he we know he misses so many chances that he it feels like he should score um so nice to see him get rewarded for one that maybe not maybe shouldn't have gone in although it was still a fantastic pass to Pinto and like I said earlier if the defenseman did knock it in Pinto would have scored anyway so um but yeah like I want to see Giroux moved up to the first unit I think I would probably take off Batherson um maybe Shabbat, maybe sw try switching Shabbat for Chikrin, but that's just a that might just be a little bit of like the new toy syndrome of just being like, I love Chikrin, get him out there, you know, put him put him first unit. Uh, maybe, maybe they shouldn't do that yet, but sh I feel like Shabbat is a little bit up and down on the power play. Sometimes he's great. Sometimes he's fumbling the puck a lot. I don't know. At least it's a good problem to have where we have these options to actually say like oh we should move this guy up to the first unit or oh we should take this guy off because I remember even just last year or even just earlier this year with the injuries because like with Norris being out all year the second power play unit has been like pretty ugly on some nights like I remember we tried Kastelik on the power play at one point early in the year which should just never happen ever again uh so it, it's nice to have these options it's nice that we're getting some depth at least, well, depth for the power play, because our depth at 5-on-5 five five is a little bit shaky. It's, like, stacked for the top six, and then bottom six scoring, not as much. But I, I like that we have options. Um, Graham in the chat saying, Shabbat's point shot isn't as good as Chikrin, which is key. I definitely agree with that. I think we haven't seen too much of Chikrin's slap shot yet. He scored some nice wrist shots and, like, snap shots, but, um, yeah, it, it would be interesting to get his shot threat. Uh, from the point on the first unit, like, the, I feel like Shabbat, Shabbat has been a little bit better with the shot from the point this year on the power play, I think he has like four or five power play goals, whereas before this year, I think he actually had less than that for his whole career, which is kind of funny, and some of that might just being the power play, like the talent as a whole on the power play getting better, might not necessarily be his shot improving, but I agree that, uh, Chikrin's shot is a huge element on the power play. Very glad that he's on the second unit uh, with Sanderson. And I'm glad that they didn't take Sanderson off to put him on either. I like having both of them there. And uh, Graham also saying opponents just don't respect Shabbat's shot. I feel like that that's mostly true. Like if he does score from the point on the power play, it's usually like kind of a deflection or a screen. It's not like it's not like you when you see Shabbat winding up for a one timer. It's not usually like. I don't think the other team's scared. <laughs> like, I feel like a lot of the time his one-timers just go right to the crest of the goalie. So that that could be something to consider. I think there's options. I think they should try mixing it up a little bit because I think the first unit has just been a little bit stale overall lately. And uh, 
Let's see. And David also saying Shabbat only had one shot on goal all night, despite having logged just over 23.5 minutes of ice time. Not good. For an offensive D, yeah, not the best, but he's always been more of an assists guy than a goals guy, so I wouldn't read too much into that shots on goal total for the night, but you do mention his ice time, and I just want to take a quick look at the defense ice time, because that's kind of been a common topic this season. And with uh, bringing in Chikrin, everyone wants to see Shabbat's uh, ice time down, which it's a little bit, like 23 and a half minutes tonight, that's still a lot, but better than him playing 26, 27 minutes like we've often seen, and there's even been some games where he hits 30. Uh, we should never see that for the rest of the season, unless there's like any unfortunate injuries on the back end. Uh, so I think 23 minutes is a pretty good number for Shabbat. Other than the goal that bounced in off of him, I was pretty happy with his game overall tonight. Then Chicken with the 21 minutes and 45 seconds. We're seeing his ice time slowly climb. It's it's funny, every time they post the uh, the practice lines, everyone's like, Chikrin is still on the third pair. What are you doing, DJ? But he, he gets that ice time. He still gets into the top four for ice time. And tonight he was second most. I think we're just going to see that ice time uh, continue to climb as he gets uh, adjusted to the sentence system. And uh, maybe even I could see him passing Shabbat in ice time at some point in the season, like consistently. Maybe, maybe not this season, but maybe that could happen next season. I don't know. I think, it, I think it's a possibility for sure. And then, yeah, Sanderson, 19 minutes, 50 seconds. And then uh, Zub is actually a little low. Uh, it seems like some of Zub's ice time has been going over to, uh, to Chikrin. Uh, Zub with 17 minutes, 49 seconds, because usually Zub was like, stapled to Shabbat and then gets gets his ice time way up there as well uh, so that's a little bit interesting and then I guess uh, on the topic of the defense the last thing I'll touch on tonight is uh, the fact that Eric Branstrom was scratched no one was happy about this and I actually dug up some stats uh, to make a little bit of a case for why Eric Branstrom needs to stay in the lineup and then it's a little bit funny that I went and did that. Uh, and then Nick Holden comes out and gets two assists in the first period. Looks like a beast in that period. Um, not necessarily great for the whole game, I think, in terms of defensive performance. Uh, I thought it was very funny at the end of the game when him and Stutzla both uh, lied, laid down to block a shot uh, at the exact same time. And then they were both just kind of stunned, frozen on the ice there. That was, that was a scary moment from Holden and Stutzla as well, but... Yeah, I can't complain too much about Holden overall tonight, but Branstrom needs to stay in the lineup. It is a little bit uh, tricky to discuss because, uh, and I have some stats here, because Holden and Branstrom together have actually been a pretty good pairing overall for the Sens. But obviously with Chikrin coming in, one of them has to sit. And uh, you could argue that it should be Hamannick sitting, but that's definitely not going to happen. Absolutely no chance of that happening. Chik uh Hamek is just going to play every fucking game for the rest of the year. <laughs> like, no shot. Like, depending on whether he has a good game or not, or a bad game, like, he's staying in. It's pretty clear at this point, uh, for better or worse. Um, but, like, I was looking at the the defense pairings uh, on Money Puck, um, with a minimum of 150 minutes, uh, Holden and Branchum together. It was uh, in 329 minutes. They had a 55.8 expected goals for percentage, which is quite good. It's, uh, I believe, Shabbat and Zubes was slightly higher, and then Sanderson and Hamnix was considerably lower, uh, which kind of makes sense, to be honest. 
but then also it was interesting in 108 minutes uh so we didn't see this as much it was mostly when sanderson was injured for for a week or so there uh Brancham and zub together a 57.9 percent for the expected goals which is even better i think Brancham and zub could be a, a pairing that i'd like to see again if we eventually move chicken over to the right side or anyone else over to the right side i think i liked Brancham and zub when they when they played together and they uh they, they put up good good advanced stats. And then some individual advanced stats from Brenstrom as well. Uh, I, was, I was digging for these and seeing uh, what he was best at. Because I know I've seen people say over and over again this season, like, oh, he's really good with this stat, this stat, this stat. And I couldn't remember them all off the top of my head. So I, so I went and, and did some digging. Brenstrom is surprisingly second on the sends uh, with 5.49 block shots per 60. For a small defenseman who's expected to put up offense, uh, that's surprising uh, and very good. Like That's an element to his game that I would not have expected uh, going into this season or really at any point uh, before this season. Like Full credit to him for that. I think that's a huge element to uh, adding to his game that I'm sure the coaching staff appreciates that a lot. Um, and he's actually first on our D, D pairings. Ugh on our D lines for uh, for takeaways with 24 which is just awesome as well again a small guy in the defensive zone you would expect him to kind of get out muscled a lot or just get knocked down but i think and that does happen sometimes but i think the takeaway stat him being first for that is a huge uh credit to him because that means he's not getting pushed over out there and he's actually able to dispossess players of the other puck or dispossess other players of the puck uh pretty damn well so huge credit to him again for that stat and then he also has way less d zone giveaways than both hamannick and shabbat uh i didn't pull the numbers for this one because it wasn't per 60 minutes um it was just total uh d zone giveaways and obviously hamannick and shabbat have way more ice time so their numbers are gonna be way more uh but still something to consider there i would have liked to see the per 60 uh stats on that but i think that's another one and then for on ice goal percentage he ranks fifth which is not super high for the team but he's considerably ahead of hamannick and holden uh Brancham with the 46 percent on ice goal share and uh <laughs> hamannick was down at 39%, Holden down at 37%, which is uh, just complete ass, to be honest. So, uh, Branchholm ranking ahead of both of them in, in, in terms of that, and especially considering that his point totals are pretty low this year. Not that Hamannick and Holden put up a lot of points either, but even though, it, like, that's the thing, is that Branchholm is not putting up a lot of points, and yet his on-ice uh, goal share is still considerably higher than those other guys so he's doing just as well defensively or better uh despite not like producing way more himself and i i thought that was huge um and then there's a couple other quick stats that i didn't pull but i saw i'm gonna shout out spencer blake on twitter uh bookmarked his tweet here because a uh, couple other stats that i missed his uh course c4 percentage for Brasham ranks second on the team in d and uh you know what? I don't know what FF percent is, but that also ranks second. Uh, and yeah, expected goals for percentage first. High danger chances for percentage fifth. He, Brandstrom has just got some really good advanced stats. And I think 
he passes the eye test as well this season too. So it'll be interesting to see if the D lineup remains the same the next game in Vancouver because I really think we need to get Branstrom back in there. Uh, it, but it's tough to take out Holden after he had two assists. A guy that doesn't really put up a lot of points. It would be it would be like taking out Hamannick after that two goal game. It's just it would be kind of goofy. Um, there was also okay. Also shout out to Everyday Sends for this tweet uh, that I had also uh, got here. Um, it was a quote from DJ Smith in 2020 talking about Branstrom, uh, saying when Branstrom is a finished product, you want to see him as an active guy that can break pucks out, that can also defend and can do some things on the power play. I think he's pretty close to checking off all those boxes, like other than power play, which he hasn't gotten really much opportunity at all in the power play. So how can you blame him? And especially with Chikrin being brought in, like you can't really fit him into the power play anyway. Um, but in terms of breaking pucks out and being able to defend just huge improvements all around from Branstrom. So when you look at that old quote from DJ from, I guess, uh, two or three years ago now, Branstrom getting close to uh, checking off all those boxes that uh, they want to see from him. So even though he's in and out of the lineup right now, I hope I do hope that the coaching staff is seeing that he's uh, succeeding in, in these metrics. Like, that's just my one... It's a bit of a rant here tonight, but that's just my one thing that did bother me a little bit. I didn't like that he was not playing tonight, but he worked out okay for the Sens. They end up with the win anyway, but... Yeah, I just wanted to get into that a little bit because I had all these uh, these stats prepared. But unless uh, unless anyone else has anything else to say in chat, I think that's where I'm going to leave it for tonight. I guess uh, Jared saying he thinks Branstrom returns versus Vancouver, more of a small skill team, and uh, thinking Holden back in against Calgary and Edmonton, bigger heavyweight play. I think that makes sense, um, especially Calgary. Being a huge physical team, that would make sense. Uh, and then Edmonton, I don't know. They do have some bigger heavyweight players, but also a bit of a speed and skill game. Branstrom did score against Edmonton in the previous matchup, so so that'll be interesting. I, I really think it's uh, it'll be something to keep an eye on to see who is in and out of the lineup depending on how the previous game went and who the opponent is, I think. That'll be something to watch. And again, it's a really good problem to have. Uh, just very happy to have Chikrin. And even though I'm complaining about Branstrom not being in the lineup, I'm glad that we have this problem where it's like we actually have options. So like even with Branstrom being out and me being annoyed by that, I'm not not too disappointed with Holton tonight. So pretty good stuff overall. Um, lots to talk about tonight. That was That was an awesome game. Very entertaining. Up and down for the Sens, but... Very happy with uh, with the results. I guess actually, last thing before I go, I'm gonna take a quick look at the wild card standings. I'm sure everyone else has already been looking at it, but I haven't looked uh, since the end of the game. So we're in ninth. We're in ninth in the conference, which is again, as I was saying earlier, totally happy with that. If we finish the season in ninth, that's that's awesome. Uh, huge improvement for the team and tied with Florida in points with 70, but we've played one less game. We seem to just be uh, keeping these games at hand on all these teams. Uh, Washington as well. We have two game, games in hand on them. They're one point behind us. Uh, Buffalo got absolutely destroyed tonight, which is awesome. Uh, yeah, Jared, As just as I said that, Jared saying Buffalo game was good. Dallas totally destroyed them. We're, uh, we're thinking the same things here. Yeah, I, I, I took a pregame nap 
like before any of the seven o'clock games started, I fell asleep around then. Woke up right as that game was ending and see that the score tick from nine four to ten four. I couldn't believe what I was looking at. Like, almost thought it was an error. Uh, but yeah, Buffalo having a rough stretch actually the last few games. So hopefully, hopefully they keep uh, falling off kind of like Detroit did. Although both those teams are still are still technically in the race it's funny looking at the standings and it looks like buffalo and detroit are so far down but they're only two points and three points uh behind the sense uh with the same number of games played so that's what we have below the playoff line and then the sense same number of games played as pittsburgh four points behind uh it just reminds me of that home and home set that we had with pittsburgh earlier in the year where they took three points from it and we took two if we could have beat them in regulation in both games, oh, we would be looking good right now. We would be, it would be like basically flipping those those two spots in the standings. That would have been um, absolutely awesome. But so that that kind of similar to the Chicago losses, I feel like that's a moment in the season where I look back and it's a little bit, uh, it might sting a little bit too if we end up missing out on that last spot uh, to Pittsburgh. But Man, I, and I'm still so mad about Columbus blowing that lead to Pittsburgh the other day. I saw everyone getting their, their hopes up and getting excited on Twitter when Columbus was up 3 nothing, And I'm like, I, I'm just like, I'm not going to say anything because I know they're going to blow it. Like, there was there was no chance Columbus was actually winning that game. Um, just sad stuff. We need, we need Pittsburgh to fall off here. We need someone to actually step up and beat the penguins so that so that we can catch up to them and then yeah oh yeah and then it was islanders versus penguins today which totally sucked and of course it goes to ot so the penguins picking up the loser point in that one otherwise actually i think it was they were up 3-1 so if they held on to that lead uh in the third period it could the standings could have looked a little bit different here and Looking at it now, I think that probably would have been preferable to to the Islanders coming back and picking up two points because then uh, we have all those games in hand on the Islanders, like three games back right now and six points back. So if you win all those games in hand and then your records are even other than the games in hand, then you tie them and then it comes down to tiebreaker, which right now they have a, a decent lead on the tiebreaker. So uh, it's, it's going to be tough to get in and we've got a tough schedule, but... I'm just excited that we're actually in a position where we're competitive and we have a shot and we're not just totally uh, tuned out on the season at this point because we know for so long now that it's just been tuning out in, in fucking November. So I'm happy overall and I think that's where I'll leave it tonight. Uh, very excited for the next game against Vancouver. Uh, Charlie will have that one for you. Uh, he's going to be watching a game starting at... 3 a.m. his time so but he's given given doing one of those late games to give me a break from doing them too because it's uh even here it's almost 2 a.m. as I finish this up so uh the, the, the late games are rough I'm glad at least that the Sens actually gave us a game worth staying up for tonight because uh because boy I, I'll say it again that Chicago game sucked so bad uh but very happy tonight uh after the win here so that's where I'm going to leave it. Uh, thanks, everyone, for watching tonight and hanging out in chat. Lots of comments. Love to see that. Uh, love interacting with you guys. Um, leave a like on the stream if you enjoyed. Share it around as well. Uh, subscribe to STPN. And yeah, that'll be it for tonight. Thanks for watching, everyone. Game over! Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.